0: regulated militia be necessary to the security of a free state? The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Buried Arms, Cam and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad that you are with me on the program today. Hard to believe it is just a week and a day before we head to the polls for Election Day. Of course, many of you may have already voted in early voting or absentee voting. But, uh, yeah, next Tuesday... That's when we start counting those votes. And, uh, you know, again, I, I think that it is going to be a very, very close election. I think every vote is going to count, particularly in those battleground states. So um probably going to remind you quite a bit between now and Election Day to uh, do what you can. Ensure that everyone you know is registered to vote. All of the gun owners you know are ready and eager to cast their vote. And uh, fingers crossed, we are not left with the most anti-gun president in American history. Uh, In the week or so before Election Day, gun control groups doing everything they can to try to uh, reassure Americans that Joe Biden's not crazy when it comes to guns. Why, he's in the mainstream, yeah, of American thought on uh, gun control. Michael Bloomberg's uh, anti-gun news outlet, The Trace, has a big story today. Joe Biden's evolution On guns, noting that uh, early in his career, his 47 year history in Washington, Biden said the gun regulation was ineffective several decades of one notorious crime bill. Later, he is pushing the most, quote, expansive reform platform in history because they can't call it gun control, even though that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Now, it should be noted that um, Joe Biden did at one point in time express some. pro-gun points of view. Uh, As the the trace notes, back in 1986, uh, excuse me, 85, during debate over what uh, became the Firearms Owner Protection Act, uh, Joe Biden actually said, quote, during my 12 and a half years as a member of this body, I have never believed that additional gun control or federal registration of guns would reduce crime. I am convinced that a criminal who wants a firearm can get one through illegal, untraceable, unregistered sources with or without gun control. What well, do you know? I agree with Joe Biden circa 1985. Of course, as the trace points out, after just a few years had passed, Joe Biden had completely reversed course. And uh, no longer was he convinced that gun control was ineffective. In terms of reducing violent crime. Uh, By 1993, when debate began over the uh, 1994 crime bill, Joe Biden was all in favor of uh, additional gun control legislation, including uh, what became the uh, Clinton gun ban. He said, uh, quote, I hope that my Republican friends will not spend too much time with what's been the issue on this legislation since the beginning. Six years ago, it was guns, he said. Five years ago, it was guns. Four years ago, it was guns. Last night, it was guns. This morning, it was guns. And right now, it's guns. It's guns, 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 guns. Yeah, guns, 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 guns. All right, so we had the Clinton gun ban. It was in effect from 1994 through 2004. By that point, violent crime had already started dropping in the United States. Actually started dropping in 1993. And it continued to drop uh, right on through 2020. This is actually basically the first year in over 25 years that we've seen a significant increase in violent crime. Uh, Even as the ban expired in 2004, violent crime continued to drop, which makes sense because semi-automatic rifles are not used in a lot of crime. As a matter of fact, not only are there more homicides in which blunt force trauma is used than in which a rifle is used, you actually have more people who are overdosing every year on ibuprofen that are being killed with a rifle. But by 1994, Joe Biden's attitude had shifted from what it had been in 1985. At that point, 1985... Don't believe that gun control is going to stop a single criminal by 1994. It's guns, 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 guns. And since then, it has been guns, 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 guns for Joe Biden. As the Trace says, today, Biden is selective in the way that he talks about the 94 crime bill. And he recently characterized it as a mistake during an ABC town hall. Biden, whose campaign did not respond to requests for an interview, doesn't hesitate to boast about his involvement in passing still popular elements of the omnibus bill, like the Violence Against Women Act, which was wrapped into it, or the bans on assault-style weapons and high-capacity magazines. Well, he doesn't boast as much as you might think about it. He's never brought it up during any of the presidential debates, didn't bring it up during the uh, town hall that he recently held on uh, ABC with George Stephanopoulos. He hasn't brought it up on the campaign trail to the best of my knowledge, outside of maybe one or two just kind of throwaway lines about common sense gun safety reform. But Biden has not spent any significant time talking about his gun control agenda on the campaign trail. Kamala Harris hasn't spent any significant time talking about the Biden-Harris gun control agenda on the campaign trail. And the media has ignored the issue as well, despite the fact that, uh, you know, again, we've seen record high numbers of gun sales this year, millions of new Americans embracing their right to keep and bear arms. The media simply doesn't want to talk about this issue either. As the uh, Traced says, during the first presidential debate, Biden said, I am the Democratic Party, a phrase that could be interpreted one of two ways. Either Biden controls the party or he's a reflection of it. If gun politics is any indication, the Trace writes, the latter may be more accurate. Biden's specific positions may change, but he is nearly always aligned with the average Democratic voter. And the Democratic Party of 2020, unlike the party of the 1980s, is more supportive of tight gun restrictions. The Trace says Biden's 2020 gun proposals are a far cry from his early career position that gun control is ineffective. Yeah, it, uh a very far cry. Here's the thing, though. Biden was right back in 1985. He was right. In fact, Biden, I think, is closer in night, was closer in 1985 to the position of a lot of young Democratic voters than he is today, because you look at it. We've talked about this on the program so often over the past couple of months. You look at the split within the Democratic Party. They don't want to talk about it much, certainly not before the election, But there is a split in the Democratic Party in terms of how do we address violent crime? You've got groups like Everytown for Gun Safety, Brady, Giffords, Coalition to Stop Gun Violence. The old school gun control groups, their idea is uh, based on reducing the supply of firearms that are available to criminals. Now, in order to do that, you have to reduce the supply of firearms that are available to law-abiding gun owners, too. Right? You have to go after the guns. There's a different school of thought, however. And it is prevalent not only among a lot of gun owners, but again, among some younger voters on the left. And that attitude is, look, every time you put a new law in the books, you create a new crime. And that gives law enforcement more opportunities to go out, interact with people trying to enforce that law. Now, if you're a young lefty, you probably see the criminal justice system as inherently biased, right? You probably believe that there is systemic racism present throughout law enforcement. So every new law on the books is another opportunity for that racism to rear its ugly head. And in the case of creating nonviolent possessory crimes where the Second Amendment used to be, It is true that uh, those laws tend to fall disproportionately on young black men. New York State, for example, I've talked about this on a number of occasions. Uh, In New York State, it is a felony offense to be found in possession of a firearm without a license. It used to be a misdemeanor offense, except in New York City. But the New York Safe Act, signed by Governor Andrew Cuomo in 2013, made it a felony level offense across the state. In the seven years since that happened, the vast majority of SAFE Act prosecutions continue to take place in New York City. In fact, continue to take place in just two boroughs of New York City, Brooklyn and the Bronx. And the vast majority of SAFE Act charges are for possession of a firearm without a license. A couple of years ago, uh, one of the writers at Slate Magazine Uh, Spent a couple of months in the Brooklyn Gun Court and wanted to find out what's going on with the uh, individuals who are arrested and charged with being in possession of a farm without a license. What Emily Bazelon found is about 70% of those that that she witnessed uh, showing up in the Brooklyn Gun Court facing these felony charges were young black men without any prior serious criminal history whatsoever. And they were facing years in prison for simply possessing a gun without a license, a license that, by the way, is almost impossible to get in New York City. Uh, In New York City, if you wanna keep a gun in your home, you have to apply for what's called a premises license. Now, in order to apply just to keep a gun in your home, you're gonna have to fork over hundreds of dollars in non-refundable fees. You're gonna provide character witnesses. You're gonna provide tax records. Uh, they really, you know, go through your entire life with a fine-toothed comb to find out if they believe you're suitable to exercise your constitutional right to keep arms. You want a concealed carry license in New York City? <laughs> you better know somebody. You better have some deep pockets. You better be politically connected. Or as we've seen, unfortunately, in the last few years in New York City, better be prepared to offer some cash under the table because the New York City Licensing Bureau has been caught up in their own concealed carry scandal, much like the one uh, coming out of the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Office in Santa Clara County, California. The average New Yorker cannot get a license to carry. They just can't. In fact, I would say the average New Yorker can't get a license to keep a gun in their home. Uh, Beyond the delays, which are now stretching out to more than a year in New York City, Again, there are going to be a lot of New Yorkers who simply are not going to be able to afford to plunk down hundreds of dollars in fees that they'll never see if they're rejected, knowing that they're likely to be rejected. I mean, most of us, you know, that's like playing the lottery in a way. And I don't know about you, I don't have 400 bucks to just plop down on a lottery ticket in the hopes that I'm going to win more. Many New Yorkers don't have $400 that they can just plop down. In the hopes that they'll be told a year from now, hey, you can keep a gun in your home. And so the number of applicants in New York City is far below what it would be uh, if the Second Amendment were actually recognized. These are the types of laws that Joe Biden wants to put in place all across the country. I'm looking at Joe Biden's campaign website right now, joebiden.comslash gun And it says, uh, as president, Biden will pursue constitutional, common sense gun safety policies, like repealing the Protection of Lawful Commerce and Arms Act, which would allow the Biden administration to work with gun control groups and cities around the country to sue gun manufacturers seeking to hold them responsible for the third party actions of criminals. Somebody steals a gun, sells it on the black market, Five years later, that gun is used, let's say, during a home invasion. That homeowner could then turn around and sue the original manufacturer of that firearm. Say, listen, you're to blame for this guy breaking into my house with a stolen gun. Now, I don't know about you. That seems kind of crazy. But those are the types of lawsuits that Joe Biden wants to allow individuals to bring. The intent is not necessarily to win a courtroom victory, by the way. The intent is to bankrupt farmers' manufacturers, knowing that they will not be able to defend themselves financially against a flood of these junk lawsuits. Biden also talks about banning, quote-unquote, assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. He says federal law prevents hunters from hunting migratory game birds with more than three shells in their shotgun. That means, he says, our federal law does more to protect ducks than children actually, no, because federal law doesn't allow the hunting of children to begin with, three shells are not. So uh, I would say that, no, there are still more federal protections for children than for ducks. By the way, don't bring up the abortion issue when you're talking about duck hunting and uh, protecting children, by the way. Joe Biden doesn't want to talk about that. The Biden campaign website says that Biden will enact legislation to once again ban assault weapons. It will be designed to prevent manufacturers from circumventing the law by making minor changes that don't limit the weapon's lethality. And he will also use his executive authority to ban the importation of so-called assault weapons. His campaign website says that currently the National Firearms Act requires individuals possessing machine gun silencers, and short-barreled rifles to undergo a background check and register those weapons with the ATF. Due to these requirements, the campaign website says, such weapons are rarely used in crimes. As President, Biden will pursue legislation to regulate possession of existing assaultments under the National Firearms Act. Now, I would dispute that the reason why you don't see a lot of machine guns used in crimes or suppressors used in crimes or short barrel rifles used in crimes has nothing to do with the National Firearms Act. But let's just, for the sake of argument, say that that's the case. Rifles, the so-called assault weapons that Joe Biden wants to ban, are also not used in a lot of violent crimes. As I just mentioned, there were more homicides in which blunt force trauma was the cause of death than there were homicides in which the cause of death was a bullet fired by a semi-automatic rifle. Already, without the most commonly sold centerfire rifles in America— Falling under the auspices of the National Firearms Act. Now, one of the other things that Biden doesn't tell you about the NFA is that possession of an NFA item without paying the $200 tax stamp, which Biden, by the way, doesn't talk about, without registering that item under the NFA, if you're found to be in possession of a, a NFA item, 10 years in prison, $250,000 fine. Yeah. Again, One of the quote unquote common sense constitutional measures that uh, Joe Biden says would not impact your segment of rights whatsoever. Telling you that the guns that are currently in your possession and the magazines that are currently in your possession could send you to federal prison for a decade if you don't either hand them over to the government or if you don't pay $200 per gun and magazine to try to register them under the auspices of the NFA. By the way, that's not it. It's not not alone. Biden says he wants to institute gun rationing so that Americans could only purchase one firearm per month. Uh, He wants to put in place a universal background check measure. Doesn't say how he would enforce that. Wants to quote, reinstate the Obama-Biden policy to keep guns out of the hands of certain people unable to manage their affairs for mental reasons. Yeah. The Biden campaign website says, in 2016, the Obama-Biden administration finalized a rule to make sure that the Social Security Administration sends to the background check system records that it holds of individuals who are prohibited from purchasing or possessing firearms because they've been adjudicated by the SSA as unable to manage their affairs for mental reasons. Now, this is not actually... Here, um, how do I explain this? The Social Security Administration can say, look, somebody, we, we've appointed a fiduciary to handle your financial affairs. That doesn't make somebody a prohibited person. Federal law states that if you are adjudicated as mentally defective, adjudicated, meaning that a judge has decided, then you lose your rights. What Joe Biden wants to do is to say, listen, if, if somebody has been appointed, to help you with your finances through the uh, Social Security Administration, you have forever lost your right to own a firearm. You are a prohibited person. The same as if you were a convicted felon or if you were involuntarily committed to a mental hospital. Now, I happen to think that uh, the Trump administration was right in undoing this rule. I wish that they had gone even further and un, uh, uh, undone the, uh, the, the same rule that was put in place uh, for those uh, members of the uh, – uh, for, for those of our veterans. Uh, who again, if a if the VA has appointed a fiduciary to help handle their mental affairs. Under the Obama-Biden administration, those veterans lost their gun rights. Joe Biden says that he wants to uh end the online sale of firearms and ammunition. Yeah. Biden will enact legislation to prohibit all online sales of firearms, ammunition, kits, and gun parts. Yep. So if you like me. Maybe have one or two gun stores within a driving distance of you. You're out of luck. Under a Biden-Harris administration, you would no longer be able to go online to look for ammunition that could be sent to your home. Nope, you would just have to start driving around. (laughs) I've got one gun shop in Farmville that I can go check out. There's another gun shop, oh, probably about 45 minutes or so away in Powhatan, Virginia. Uh, Other than that, I'm driving more than an hour to get over to Richmond, Virginia, or I'm driving another hour to get to Charlottesville, or I'm driving another hour to get to uh, Lynchburg, Virginia, where I might possibly find some ammunition, And, and these days, likely not, right? Most of us are now going online these days because that's the easiest way for us to find ammunition, not if Joe Biden gets elected president. Biden also wants to quote incentivize state extreme risk laws give grant money to states that implement red flag firearm seizure laws that uh, in many cases ignore due process and in almost all cases remove firearms from the possession of a uh, of someone that a judge has deemed to be a danger to themselves or others without actually dealing with that supposedly dangerous individual at all in Virginia for example uh, our uh, red flag law is called a substantial risk protective order. And the way that it works is uh, law enforcement can uh, go before a magistrate and say, uh, you know, we think uh, Cam here is a danger. And the judge can say, okay, well, um, go take Cam's guns. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll have a hearing. And uh, Cam can then present evidence uh, that uh, he's not dangerous and that he should get his guns back. And so they'll go and they'll take Cam's guns, and then a couple weeks later, Cam gets the opportunity to tell his side of the story. But when they go and they take Cam's guns, let's say a judge during that initial hearing said, yeah, you know what, I'm 51% convinced Cam's a danger to himself or others. So they go and they take Cam's guns, but they leave Cam alone with knives, matches, gasoline, car keys, rope, pills, whatever. All that's fine. It's just Cam's guns that they're worried about. Cam himself, you know, the person who's supposedly been deemed a danger to themselves or others, they don't do a damn thing. They don't ensure that that person has mental health help, that that person can talk to a counselor, that the person's been evaluated by a mental health professional. None of that happens. It's about taking the guns and leaving the person behind. Well, this is uh, one reason why in the states that have had red flag firearm seizure laws on the books for the longest period of time, Connecticut and Indiana, suicides have still increased dramatically. It's true in these two states, gun-related suicides have actually declined a little bit. But that decline has been more than offset by the overall rise in suicides, including non farm related suicides. So I don't believe that red flag firearm seizure laws actually do anything to help people's mental health. I think it's, frankly, I think it's a way for politicians to avoid having to deal with a more serious issue of our mental health system. And they can say, look, we did something. Even if the something that they did doesn't actually make anything better. In addition, Joe Biden says he wants to give states incentives to set up gun licensing programs. Yeah, giving states and local governments grants to require individuals to obtain a license prior to purchasing a gun. Well, as we've seen in states around the country, unfortunately, uh, there are some jurisdictions where those gun licensing laws are very restrictive and they're very subjective. Uh, Last year, for example, Ayanna Presley, congresswoman from Massachusetts, introduced a bill called the Mass Act which would have done this very thing. It would have given Department of Justice grants to states to implement Massachusetts-style gun licensing laws, specifically allowing the local police chiefs to determine the suitability for gun ownership. So you can pass a background check. You can have undergone all the required training. You can have, you know, crossed all your T's, dotted all your I's. But if your local police chief is anti-gun, and your local police chief, or maybe just your local police chief anti you. <laughs> I just don't like your face. That's reason enough under uh, Ayanna Presley's legislation for you to be denied your right to keep and bear arms. And this is what Joe Biden wants to do nationwide. So yeah, it's a very different Joe Biden than uh, the one we heard back in 1985. Very different. I like that guy better. Probably wouldn't have voted for him, but then again, in 1985, I was 11, so I wouldn't have been allowed to vote for him. The Joe Biden 2020, this guy is uh, using, you know, uh, mainstream quotes like common sense gun safety regulations, but what he's actually calling for is frankly anything but mainstream. And the attack on our right to keep and bear arms if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris get elected Will be real. It will be serious, and I expect it will happen sooner rather than later. All right, moving on to today's armed citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. Let's start right there. Story out of uh, Tennessee with a uh, Texas connection. Uh, this is from the Chattanooga Times Free Press. Texas man who was out of parole for a domestic violence conviction when he was pulled over by a police officer in Eastridge, Tennessee on October 18th led to an injured officer, a manhunt, a shootout, and the Texans' death according to the uh, free press. The man, 42-year-old Christopher John Kitts was pulled over in Tennessee for uh, violating the hands-free law there in the state. Uh, Kitts opened his door Emerged with a gun pointed at Corporal Terry Prescott and immediately began to fire. From the time that he was pulled over to the time he got out and started shooting, less than 10 seconds emerged. Prescott was struck. Thankfully, he was not uh, severely injured. He was released from the hospital the next day. Kitts was uh, found several hours later in Rossville, Georgia, where he died in a shootout with police. Texas court records show that Kitts had been convicted in 2016 of domestic assault. For uh, allegedly choking a woman back in July of 2015. He was sentenced to five years in prison. He showed up at the Texas Department of Criminal Justice on October 26, 2016. He was released on parole from his five year sentence in December of 2017. So he not only did less than half of his sentence, he did less than a quarter of the sentence that he was supposed to uh, receive. Yeah. Um, Now, the Times Free Press makes it sound like uh, this individual was somehow legally eligible to own firearms. The uh, uh, Times Free Press says, uh, Texas law only prevents people convicted of uh, certain domestic violence misdemeanors from possessing firearms. Uh, that prohibition stands for five years after the completion of a sentence. Only a few paragraphs later do you learn that uh, federal law prohibits convicted felons, those convicted of any misdemeanor, domestic violence offenses, or those subject to a domestic violence protective order from possessing firearms at any point unless the conviction is expunged or pardoned, which was not the case for Kit, So he was in illegal possession of a firearm. One of the criminals that, you know, 1985 Joe Biden said would not be stopped by additional gun control laws. That was Mr. Kitts, uh, who was ultimately shot and killed after a cornered by a Georgia State Patrol SWAT unit uh, after he opened fire on officers uh, in Rossville, Georgia, Uh, again, uh, 14 hours after he uh, first opened fire on Corporal Terry Prescott there in Tennessee back on October 18th. Our armed citizen story of the day, from Chicago, Illinois, where a homeowner fatally shot a burglar over the weekend in uh, the Marquette Park neighborhood. One of uh, several shootings in Chicago over the weekend, unfortunately, and uh, I wish that more of them had involved. Uh, homeowners who were acting in self-defense. Sadly, a lot of uh, gang and drug-related crime. Uh, but we did have this case. It's about 11:15 Sunday. Man believed in his 40s shot by the homeowner during a burglary in the 71 and 100 block of South Mozart Street. Uh, detectives are investigating. We don't have a lot of information there, but uh, hopefully we'll learn more about the suspect and uh, uh, the suspect's intended victim. Uh, in the uh, coming days, meanwhile, uh, 23 people shot, six people killed uh, in the city of Chicago over the week. And again, the vast majority of those cases not involving legal gun owners, but uh, individuals who don't care what Chicago's gun laws are, or Illinois gun laws are or U.S. gun laws happen to be. Finally, today, our good deed of the day. Story from uh, the great state of Texas, Brian, Texas. Where a Brazos County Sheriff's Deputy being called a hero after he saved the life of a 20-day-old child who would stop breathing. This happened back on September 18th, but uh, we're just learning more about this now. This is a screen grab from uh, the officer's body cam. You can actually see him holding that tiny little baby boy uh, in his hands as family members look on. Uh, Officer, excuse me, uh, Deputy Adam Dodson. Dispatched to a home where CPR was being performed on the baby back on September 18th. When he arrived, he said the baby wasn't conscious, wasn't breathing. Sheriff's Office said in a statement, With the baby's parents looking on in desperation, Dodson began to perform life-saving measures, clearing the child's airway, performing the Heimlich Maneuver for infants. Dodson said after what seemed to be the longest minute of his life, he noticed the baby becoming responsive and starting to breathe on his own. Baby uh, taken to a local hospital. Authority said one of the responding medics reached out later to uh, Deputy Dodson and said, good job on that call. You saved that baby's life. Sheriff's Office says Adam's calm and decisive action unquestionably saved the child's life, and he, without a doubt, deserves to be awarded the life-saving medal. So, Deputy Adam Dodson, there in Brazos County, Texas, in the right place, at the right time, willing and able to do the right thing, we thank you for your very good deed. That is all the time we've got for you on this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. I want to thank you for being a part of the program as always. Well, there we go. I thought that looked a little odd. So why am I looking off to the side? There we go. Yeah, It's a Monday. Anyway, I am glad that you're with us. Hope you had a good weekend. We'll be back tomorrow with more of the latest Second news and information from all across the nation. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to check out BaringArms.com throughout the day. You subscribe to Town Hall Media on YouTube, or you can subscribe to Bearing Arms Cam & Company on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, probably a few others as well. It seems like there's a new platform popping up each and every day for our uh, favorite podcast, and you'll be able to find us there. Townhall.com podcast page. We'll give you one more. All right, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, be free, and we'll see you soon with another edition of Varian Arms Cam and Company.